Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The cold hard truth about the Olympic journey is not really been financially incentivized in the same way that many other professional sports are. The business of basketball involves CBA, global, our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like. Money in sports is one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Monday Night Countdown. We talk about some of the more interesting aspects of business of sports. When you talk in sports, discipline is the bridge from being good to other being great at whatever it is that you're trying to be or accomplish at your profession. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. Coming up today, we've got a lot to talk about, Lynchy, and this is something that has dominated the headlines. And it's all about Tom Brady. He's still an active football player, right? That That's the latest? He is, yep. He has uh, one year left in his contract with Tampa Bay. So when he decides to retire from football, he's already got his next gig lined up. It's going to be a very lucrative deal, gig, at Fox Sports. $375 million 10-year contract. That is the richest deal in sports broadcasting history. By the way, this is all according to the New York Post. This will double the deal that Tony Romo signed in March for 10 years, one hundred. dollars $80 million, and Troy Aikman has a five-year $90 million to do Monday Night Football with Joe Buck. When I first saw this story, I said, okay, maybe Fox is acting like, let's grab him now before somebody else does. And it reminds me of 1979 when Larry Bird was a junior at Indiana State, and Red Auerbach of the Celtics drafted him, even though he was coming back to play his senior year. He said, I'll sacrifice one year without Larry Bird to have him for his entire career in a Celtics uniform. And that's the move that Fox made, but they're paying a ton of money. I mean, they're $375 million over 10 years. I know, it's pretty incredible. And by the way, Fox officially said that what has been reported is not an accurate description of the deal. We have not released details beyond what was disclosed in their er quarterly earnings call. But then they also did not bother to clarify what was inaccurate about that $375 million 10-year contract. So it remains to be seen. Tom Brady also tweeted out that he's excited about the deal, but says there's a lot of unfinished business on the field with the Buccaneers. You think he's going to play his last year of the contract and then that's it? Or is he going to continue to play? You know, if I'm looking at from Fox's perspective, they would probably say, okay, Tom, play one year, then come into the broadcast booth. But if Tom has an indefinite time limit on his playing career, I can't see them just making this commitment to him. So I just think that there's some type of uh, agreement between the two of them that this will be it. One more shot to win another Super Bowl, uh, to to set some more records that uh, will set them apart from everybody else, Mm -hmm. and then jump into the broadcast booth. But, you know, I think that there's also uh, some lingering questions. What kind of an analyst will he be in the booth? Yes. I think this is such a good point because, I mean, Lynchy, you know from interviewing athletes all the time that when they are being interviewed by the media, oftentimes their goal is not to make news or make waves, but is just to often give platitudes and, you know, say the right things like, oh, give 110 percent, you know, we're trying hard. It's not about um, the end result, but or whatever cliche you want to throw in there. 
how do you make that transition into a really colorful, interesting lead analyst uh, talking about the NFL? We all remember Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, one of the more colorful athletes. He said everything, and he was a, a, a reporter's dream. He was a walking soundbite. But when he got on the broadcast booth, he was a completely different guy, and he didn't last very long. He was with Monday Night Football, did a little bit with NBC, and that was it. Was I've he known... boring? What was it? What was it? Yeah, he, well, he was kind of boring. He just said, "Wow, wow, well, you look at that! What a nice looking pass that was! <laughs> you know, wow, wow, that was a great tackle by my man over there, number fifty-four." And you know, we can see that, Joe. You know, tell me why this is a this is a stadium that's hard to play in. Tell me why when you get down to this end zone, they have some fans there, and you can never hear yourself calling the signals. You have to use hand signals. Give me, take me inside. Mm-hmm. And and Tony Romo does that as well as anybody with Jim Nance on CBS. He says, "Uh oh, uh oh, he's changing the play right here. Watch this. This is going to be a screen down the bottom of your screen. Here comes the screen pass, and boom, there it happens." Chris Collinsworth is very good at that. And the standard, I think, is pretty high for Tom Brady right now. The expectations are going to be very, very high for him. And and remember, very few fans tune in to watch a game because of the broadcasters. Yeah. The only one I can think of was Howard Cosell in Monday Night Football. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. And... I, I, I am happy when I when I if, if the game I've chosen to watch that day does have Tony Romo in the booth or Chris Collinsworth. I'm very happy about that. So I think there's going to be a little bit of pressure on Tom. He's made friends with so many people. I I covered his entire career with the New England Patriots. I know him personally and professionally, mm-hmm. and he's just. I think he's just too nice of a guy to, to be up in the booth and just slicing and dicing and criticizing some of the players on the field. So I think the pressure is going to be on um, yeah. the lead play-by-play announcer for Fox Sports um, for the NFL, which is Kevin Burkhart, because he's going to have to bring out the Set best in Tom. Yeah, but exactly, but not overwhelm him, right? Not dominate no. him either and just be a partner in crime and also maybe compensate and, and train him as well. Yeah, they, they, what they will do is <clears throat> when he decides to retire, and maybe even before that, they'll go into a, a, a studio and they'll put a, a game on a big, gigantic screen and they'll put headsets on and they will just do a, an exact replica of a broadcast. It'll be three, three and a half hours. It'll be commercial breaks and they'll have replays and we'll sit and, and there'll be a lot of coaching. There'll be a lot of producers there because they want this to work. They yeah. made such a big splash with Brady. You know, Fox does not want this thing to go wrong. There will be a lot of teaching, a lot of coaching of Tom. There's going to be a lot of a lot of riffing. They'll have to create chemistry. <laughs> Hopefully there will be some chemistry because that's also really difficult to just do um, on command. You have it to is. make sure that it's already there. Burkhardt's very, very good. He's very versatile, and he's a great broadcaster, and I think he'll bring out the best in Tom. I'd love to see Tom with a Jim Nance or a Joe Buck or a, uh, Al Michaels. I mean, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. But I, th- I think Brady, I- I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that he's going to be a star in the booth. Hmm. Um, but I could, and I hope, and I hope I'm wrong. I and, really do because I like him a lot personally and professionally. You said Tony Romo's really one of the best. What does he do yep. so well that others haven't figured out? He doesn't state the obvious. And a lot of, a lot like, okay, the, let's say they hand the ball off to so and so. He runs around the right side and, oh, he didn't have any room. He had to run out of bounds to stop the clock. Well, I can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, well, here's Tony Romo can tell you what's going to happen before it happens. He said, he said if, I'm, if I'm on defense right now, I'm thinking of full blitz on this play right here. And boom, it happened because he's been standing there staring at it his entire career. Do you which think is something. Could you tell that as a football player, he'd make a good NFL broadcaster? I mean, I know that we're not hearing him talk in the same way and thinking about how he might interpret the plays, but does your quarterbacking ability, your success on the field have any bearing whatsoever on what happens in the broadcasting booth? You you know where people discover, uh, where executives discover people like Tony Romo on Friday afternoon 
when, or sometimes it's on Saturday, the broadcast crew arrives in town. Let's say they're doing the, the uh, New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. So they will go into a, a room in the team hotel, uh-huh. and they'll meet with the head coach. They'll meet with the quarterback. They'll meet with uh, maybe maybe one player on the defense. You know, what are we going to be looking for? Da, 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 da. And during those conversations, some of the, uh, and I've been in a ton of them, Someone will come in and just give you, yep, nope, I don't know, maybe, we'll see, I don't know, you know, it's game mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And some guys are just, just open up, and the conversation could go for hours just talking about all kinds of aspects of the play. So the producers and the broadcasters were there said, hey, this guy Romo is uh, really good. When, when his playing days are over, this guy has great insight, and he's, he loves the business. He's a student of the game. He knows everything and everything about it. And he's articulate. That, that, yes, that's how a lot of these things happen. Got it. Oh, I love the the behind the scenes uh, intel on this. Um, <laughs> the other story that we want to mention, and this is a good segue from uh, Tom Brady as well, is we have a list of the 100 highest paid athletes in the world for 2022. This is from Sportico, and a lot of the names on there, you know, you kind of expect to see. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler alert by saying that LeBron James comes out on top. He's the highest paid athlete in the world with $36.9 million in salary and $90 million in endorsements for a grand total of 126.9. So just under $127 million in compensation for 2022. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Just slightly more than than the next highest paid player. Yeah, and then and the next three are actually soccer players: Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Neymar, all with between 103 and 122 million dollars. And we're always talking on this show about why we're always marveling at at the price that owners will pay yeah. to own a team in the English Premier League and the Italian League, the French League, et cetera, et cetera. And now we know why because it's very, very lucrative. I mean, some of these salaries: 72 million, 60 million, 65 million for the three soccer players, and their endorsements all range from 38 to 50 million dollars. There's a lot of money to be had in the game of football across the pond. Yeah, but they're the only top three. They're the only footballers in the top 20, which I found surprising. After that, uh, you won't see anyone until number 25. Kylian Mbappe of Paris Saint-Germain at number 25. So that's that's interesting. The other thing, LeBron, of course, is in good company because a lot of NBA players on this list. Yeah, I, uh, I did a quick breakdown. There were 12 of the, of the top 100, 12 soccer players, mm-hmm. 36 basketball Ooh. players. 23 football players, 12 baseball players, four golfers, and one cricket player who I looked up, Virat Kohli from India. He makes $2.9 million in salary and $31 million in endorsements for a total of $33.9 million. He's a told, I'm told he's the best uh, cricketer, cricketer of all time and has one of the best one of the best batsmen around and I had heard of his name once before but I looked at his endorsements and that's incredible 31 We need to get dollars. him on. I think we need to get him yeah. on to talk to us. Yeah. He's got a great personality. Being highly compensated for for his skills and his uh personality as well given the the endorsement deals. The the sad part of this list of the 100 highest paid athletes is how few women there are on there. Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams. And guess what number Naomi comes in at? 20 yeah, 1.2 million in salary 
and 52 million in endorsements. That's quite the ratio. Yeah, and Serena comes in at 270,000 in salary and 35 million in endorsements. And it is kind of sad that only two out of the top 100 in the world are women. And that has to change. Yeah, it's pretty stark right there. Obviously, that's not going to change in the next uh, year or so unless there are some wholesale uh, structural changes. But, of course, we were talking about the NFL earlier and Tom Brady. Um, when you look at the NFL and the top 20 highest-paid athletes, Matt Stafford, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, what do they have in common? <laughs> quarterbacks. They are quarterbacks. They're the difference makers for their teams. You know, and that's one of the reasons Tom Brady finally left New England. He'd look at a guy like Matthew Stafford. Until he was traded to the Rams and won a Super Bowl, he was making much more money than Tom Brady and never even won a single playoff game. And guys like Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson making more money than him. And Brady was always taking taking pay cuts. And he wanted to go someplace where he could flourish on and off the field, make some money, get a lot of endorsements. And he's extremely happy right now down in Tampa. He wasn't making enough money with New England? They wouldn't extend and guarantee his contract and make him a Patriot for life. And that's why he was very unhappy. He was constantly restructuring his contract so they could have enough room to go out and sign free agents or retain mm. players who are, who are potential free agents. But he was agents. part of a dynasty, Lynchy. Yeah, well, you know, um, Bill Belichick, is uh, he rips his heart out when he makes his decisions. Emotion is never part of it. It's mm -hmm. always a joke that, you know, he would trade a member of his family away if it would help them win one more football game. He was willing to let Tom Brady go. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, Tom's salary is $18.4 and of course, $40 million in endorsements, so for a total earnings of $58.4 <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know, it's, uh, that's going to change when he retires because he's going to have a package of $375 million. Yeah, that, that number will go way up. <laughs> LeBron James currently in the lead with $90 million in endorsements. Um, number two, by the way, in endorsements is Roger Federer, uh, even though he only has $724,000 in salary or in, in winnings. Uh, $85 million in endorsements. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, one, one of the great competitors and one of the nicest people uh, of all time, Roger Federer. And Tiger Woods, who, when was the last time we saw him play? At the Masters briefly? Yep, yep. He played all four rounds. He played all four rounds uh, this this year at the, at the Masters. Uh, his endorsement, $65 million. He's number 10 on the list. Do you think the athletes look at this list and, and, and say, oh, yeah. I want to be number one or I want to be I want to get in the top five? Uh, I can tell you that this, I bet there's uh, this list right here, I bet today at least a dozen guys have picked up their phones and called their agents. They would say, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you see what James Harden's making? You tell me, I thought you told me he was only making this. <laughs> I want something else. Get me a watch deal. Get me a coffee deal. Get me a car deal. Get me a crypto deal. Yeah, the crypto deals are what's paying the most. James Harden, by the way, $40 million in salary or winnings and $36 million in endorsements. So, yeah, there's room to for his endorsements to go up if you're James Harden's <laughs> agent. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, $42 million in salary. $42 million in salary. I don't see hockey on here at all. No, there's nobody on there. A couple of defensive players, TJ Watt, Vaughn Miller. Let's Guess see. who the highest paid baseball player is? Is it Mike Trout? Yeah. Yeah. Forty-nine and a half million. Yeah, he's he's quite a ball player. And yeah. then his teammate Trevor Bauer is the second. Yeah, who's just been uh, suspended for two years by Major League Baseball. Um, and all his endorsements keep coming in. Yep, they'll that, they will stop. Trust me. Um, Jordan Spieth is on there. He's got twenty-two million. He's a big AT&T guy and a big Under Armour mm -hmm. guy. Jason Tatum of the Celtics, five million endorsements. Yeah, the NBA list just keeps going on and on. Yeah. Yeah, well, they have the smallest roster. They only have 12 players on the team. So, 
you know, they're not paying 53 players like football. They're paying a dozen players. So mm-hmm. they can, uh, there's, the salary cap is, is, is so much higher in the NBA and, uh, and the amount of the max contracts that they're allowed to sign for. Uh, like Kyrie Irving, uh, let me slide down and see him. I know he's got a big one coming up. Yeah, it's like Curry, they're making 41. Durant making 37. Kyrie Irving has 13 million in endorsements, 32 million in salary. And he's up for a big uh, max contract. He could be making 40 million next year. All right, so he's looking at this list and saying, yeah, just watch. And we should mention as well, Conor McGregor coming in at number 22, um, the mixed martial arts fighter, he's, 52 uh, million in uh, earnings overall. Yep, and twenty million in endorsements. So uh, that, that's you know we've had a number of people on in the business of sports in our conversation with uh, UFC and Connor is the biggest name and uh, he makes the most noise. Um, he's he's a he's a character. He yeah. really drums up business. He knows how. I mean, he's an old fashioned carnival barker. <laughs> Come, the uh, ultimate showman. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's great for the sport, and he's done wonders for its uh, for its exposure and if it's a notoriety and its popularity. You know whose salary or winnings is the highest? This is surprising. You're a faster reader than I am, Scarlett. I just sort. I just sort under the different headings. Canelo Alvarez, the Mexican boxer. Really? $84 million in winnings. Wow. Yeah, tops everyone. His endorsements are $5 million, so his total earnings in 2022 was $89 million. But there's a guy who's earned every bit of his uh, his pay. The boxers do, and uh, that pay per view is the most is so lucrative for, mm-hmm. for these fighters and these wrestlers. Uh, it's just it, it came out in I don't know in the, in the early 1970s, and people were aghast. I'm never going to pay to go watch to a and and you had to go to a movie theater first to watch it on pay per view before it was able to be streamed or or cabled into your own home home. And it, it's the way to go, and every you'll never see a fight on television uh, for free again anymore. And this is why these guys and the promoters make a ton of money. Lynchy, it's a shame that Michael Barr's not here because I'd love to hear what he has to say about a lot of these uh, highly paid athletes. <laughs> He'd be great. I could hear his booming voice right now. Holy smokes! Look at that. That guy's. I never knew he was making that much money. Are there any Detroit players on here? No, I don't think so. Matthew Stafford used to play for Detroit. Ah, Miggy. Oh, yeah, there you go. Number 83. Yeah. $30.7 million in salary and 750000 in endorsements for a total earnings of $31.4 million. Beautiful. There we go. There's the shout out for to Michael Barr. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Be sure to follow us. I'm on Twitter at Scarlet Foo. And I'm Lynchy, and the message today is, Mama, let your babies grow up to be athletes. They could make this top 100 list. I'm Mike Lynch at Lynchy WCBB. And of course, don't forget to catch our podcast Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on all your different podcast platforms. And of course, right here on Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.